Yo, man, I remember this day literally like it was yesterday. It was October 3rd, 1995. And I'll never forget it because I was in college at the time in my dorm room on the campus of South Carolina State University. And much like a lot of other people, I was parked in front of the TV and I was waiting. And then they went to a commercial and they came back. And the next thing I heard. Superior Court of California, County of Los Angeles, in the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA097211. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant Orenthal James Simpson. And then there was a pause. And then she said, not guilty of the crime of murder in violation of penal code section 187A, a felony upon Nicole Brown Simpson, a human being, as charged in count one of the information. Superior Court of the State of California, County of Los Angeles, in the matter of the people of the State of California versus Orenthal James Simpson. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder in violation of Penal Code Section 187A, a felony upon Ronald Lyle Goldman, a human being, as charged in count two of the information. We, the jury in the above entitled action, further find the special circumstance that the defendant, Orthal James Simpson, has in this case been convicted of at least one crime of murder of the first degree and one or more crimes of murder of the first or second degree to be not true. Signed this second day of October 1995, juror 230. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is this your verdict? So say you one, so say you all. And then there was a huge roar of cheers. I mean, it sounded on my campus like someone had scored the game winning touchdown. I mean, not only could you hear the yelling in my room, in my hallway, but all throughout the dorm, um, you could hear it from other dorms it was crazy people were cheering high-fiving and excited the unthinkable had happened OJ Simpson got off he was found not guilty of murdering his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ron Goldman. Um, and looking back on that, it kind of made me realize that two people died. And we cheered. And we really shouldn't have cheered. And, you know, looking back on it now, I try to figure out, you know, why were we cheering? And it's a different day and time when you compare what was actually going on back then to how it is now and how things would have been handled uh, 
now as opposed to how it was back then. Back in 95, or at the time of the murders of these two people in 94, O.J. Simpson was arguably the biggest and most popular athlete in the country. Uh, I wouldn't say the world. He might not have been bigger than Jordan, but this was Jordan pre-ring Jordan. Jordan hadn't even won his first ring. But, you know, people knew Jordan. They knew the sneakers. They knew Nike. They knew the Chicago Bulls. But... OJ was pretty large and off the field. I mean, he had finished playing football. He was a hall of famer. He was a national pitch man um, for companies like Hertz and (laughs) Dingo Boots. You know, he, in a lot of ways, paved the way advertising wise for a guy like Michael Jordan to have the global effect that he had because you know prior to that you didn't really see a lot of black athletes pitching products um and again this was the 90s by this time and OJ was that guy again he was pro football hall of famer had a very storied career uh you know played on some very bad teams but he was the man and he he was one of the greatest running backs in NFL history that cannot be doubted it can't be disputed uh just ask someone who was alive in that era and they will tell you about the juice which is what they called him they didn't call him OJ they called him the juice Uh, excuse me they called him OJ or they called him the juice nobody called him by his real name Orenthal James Simpson and I think what makes this so intriguing is that even back then up until now the time of this podcast we don't know who OJ Simpson is I still don't to this day I don't I I have my idea as to who he is I have my thoughts on who he is but Deep down, I don't know who O.J. Simpson is. I know back then, again, he was a national pitch man. He worked for NBC Sports. Um, He was, by women's account, very handsome, uh, very charismatic. Uh, He was an actor as well. Uh, He did a little bit of everything. He was the black guy who white people weren't afraid of, if you will. And... You know, I guess to some degree that was he used that to his benefit and, you know, to some degree became his ultimate downfall as well. Um, And that wasn't just in 95. I mean, O.J. Simpson was a Heisman Trophy winner in college at the University of University of uh, Southern California. And, you know, he, he actually started that then or maybe earlier than that, from what I can tell, uh, if you ever get a chance, watch the. Um, documentary that ESPN did on him. Uh, I think they won a couple of Academy Awards for it. Uh, Very, very compelling. Um, Nonetheless, you know, OJ was, he was definitely one of a kind. And again, 
to my point, I don't think we knew who OJ was. Here's what I do remember about OJ. OJ was definitely the face of domestic abuse. And I don't say that casually or saying that to be a joke. Uh, it was very well documented that he beat his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson. And I remember actually <laughs> reading about it in the newspaper. And the weird thing about reading about it in the newspaper is that it wasn't like it was front page news. I distinctly remember reading about it in the sports section of my local newspaper. And it was on like page six in a small little burb. Cops called to the home of O.J. Simpson. Wife accuses him of beating her up. No charges were filed. O.J. never went to jail, so forth and so on. And, and the, I remember reading the article now and it was so very nonchalant. But I mean, in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, that's pretty much how they looked at, you know, domestic abuse. It didn't even have a, a title of domestic abuse. You know, it was very commonplace, you know, in a lot of circles and, and accepted, to be honest, of men just beating up their wives. I don't know how, but it was. But that's who O.J. Simpson was. He was a domestic abuser. And when I say he beat Nicole Brown Simpson, he beat the hell out of Nicole Brown Simpson. If you don't believe me, go to your Google machine, go to images, type in Nicole Brown Simpson abused. You'll see the photos. There were photos there back then. And yet, you know, nothing happened to him. And, you know, the signs were all there. You know, possessive, jealous raged filled with rage all of the signs but he was the juice so cops looked the other way and so it takes me back to that memory of that October 3rd day in 1995 where we got the verdict and we cheered Keep in mind, I'm on a historically black college university campus. And we cheered. But we weren't the only ones that were cheering. Man, you turned on the six o'clock evening news that night and people were dancing in the streets, having a party. A lot of them were black, some white. Because, you know, people rooted for OJ. People didn't think that OJ was even capable of killing his wife and her friend. So that verdict was huge. And I mean, it. I don't need to necessarily tell you, but I'll tell you anyway, the trial was huge. The trial was on TV every single day. And I'm not talking... 
I'm not talking, uh, you know, CNN, which it was on CNN, but the trial was on TV, network TV. Your ABC, NBC, CBS, every single day for like a year. Or maybe, I don't know if it went that long, but however long the trial was, it was on TV every single day. I'm talking preempting your young and the restless general hospital every day. And yet people were there. And it goes without saying that, you know, a lot of careers were made and formed and people became celebrities just off that one trial. They deemed it the trial of the century. State of California versus Orenthal James Simpson. So the question is, did OJ do it? Did he kill those two people? Because he was found in a court of law. Not guilty, right? So did he do it? What do you think he did? If you ask OJ, we know what he'd say. He said it on TV. Um, the chapter, chapter six, is called The Night in Question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you write in the book, now picture this and keep in mind that this is Purely hypothetical. 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 Yes. Why don't you tell me what might have happened on the night of June 12th, 1994? <laughs> and let's just walk yeah. through the night. I, well, first of all, it's, this is very difficult for me to do this. Uh, it was very difficult for me because it's hypothetical. I know and I accept the fact that people are going to feel whatever way they're going to feel. <laughs> you get into a fight, Nicole comes out. And a verbal, a verbal, a verbal fight. fight. Got a little loud and by that time, uh, uh, Nicole had come out and we started having words about who is this guy, why is he here, what's going on. And, and she says, this is my house, get that the F out yeah, of here. Yes, and... Uh, which I didn't like because, once again, this is the same person. And if you read the book, you'll see some things that happened in the two weeks leading up to this that were uh, very, very irritating, you know. Uh, and I think Charlie had followed this guy in, one make sure it was no problem, and he brought the knife. As things got heated, uh, I just remember Nicole fell and hurt herself. And uh, this guy kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? And I remember I grabbed a knife. I do remember that portion, taking a knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember. Except I'm standing there and there's all kind of stuff around. And um, um, What kind of stuff? Blood and stuff around. You know, we, you know, I hate to say this, but this is not even that Right, right. I know we got to back up again. Right. That's <laughs> okay. Know. I want to back this up. This is hard. This is this hard. Is hard. To, yeah. I know. Yeah. I want to back it's up hard to... to try to make people think that I'm. A... <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, you wrote in the book. I had never seen so much blood in my life. Mm. Yes. Covered. You're covered. The scene. Can you describe yeah, it? I, I, it's hard for me to describe it. I'm telling you. I don't think any two people could be. Um, Murdered the way they were without everybody been covered in blood. And of course, I think we've all seen the grisly pictures after. So, yeah, I think everything was covered, would have been covered in blood. And so when you hear stuff like that, 
it makes you think. Could he have done it and then been so removed from reality to where he comes out and publicly admits that he did it? Because that sounds like an admission to me. But again, you can't try someone twice for a crime. So in my opinion, did he do it? Yeah. OJ was there. I I don't know that. I don't know that OJ was somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know that OJ were that that this was carried out alone. I'm pretty sure at the very least. He was at the scene of the crime. I mean, forensic evidence puts him at or near the scene of the crime at the very least. How else do you explain two people being butchered to death at the same time, basically? Hell yeah, OJ did it. And it really it's really mind-boggling to me that there are people in this world who think that he didn't do it. I don't know how you could walk away from it and say that he didn't because the evidence was there. I will say this much having watched most of the trial from my same dorm room. I can see how he was found not guilty because in the court of law, all his lawyers had to do was prove doubt that he did it. They didn't have to prove that he was innocent. They just had to prove doubt. They had to cast doubt amongst the jurors. And when you factor in, you know, the story of, you know, racist cops and Mark Furman and the gloves not fitting. I mean, putting on the gloves in, in court. Brilliant move. Johnny Cochran, rest in peace. I mean, he was incredible in that trial. And again, all you had to do was create doubt. And he did just that. So as a lawyer, he did his job. And as the LAPD and all of those involved, the district attorney, I think once they got past the realm of thinking that OJ couldn't have done it, and then when they decided that he was the one and only suspect who could have done it. I think like they took their foot off the gas. They thought it was a slam dunk. We got OJ. We got gloves. He's got a cut on his hand. We got him. He, he immediately skipped town. You know, the, the police chase back to his mama's house, which was all on the news and everything and on TV. Yeah, we got him. Slam dunk. It's easy. Not so fast, my friend. Didn't work like that. So what do people think? I think people, for the most part, feel like OJ got away with murder. I mean, we all know subsequently <laughs> he, he went to jail for something else for stealing his stuff. I, I'm not going to get into that. But yeah, he did it. He got away with murder. And I think. It's unfortunate because 
I think people put, let me, let me stop, go back. I think black people, or at least the black people that I know and the black people that were cheering that day and the black people that were celebrating and having, you know, OJ, (laughs) having OJ parties. Um, I think they might've been duped to some degree. And the reason why I say that is because I think black people, particularly black people in this country had been, uh, for so long been on the other side of that fence. You know, we've all seen people go to jail for stuff that they did or didn't do. And we've all seen people go to jail that we thought were framed by the cops. And I think that's what Johnny Cochran and his team set out to do to show that OJ was framed with these murders. Now, if OJ walks and he did, there was no other killers found. So in theory, if OJ was innocent, then there is a murderer of these two people, we assume, still walking planet Earth. Right? So I think the black people who, like I said, celebrated or whatever, it wasn't necessarily a victory for OJ. It was a victory for, quote unquote, us, if you will. I think I was too young at the time to understand that. All I know is my relationship with cops, the fact that I didn't like cops, the fact that I've been racially profiled, you know, and harassed by cops at different points in my lifetime. This was a win. We did it. (laughs) We won. That's how I looked at it. And looking back on it now, you know, that wasn't right. And, you know, for that, I think the age of maturity has kicked in. And, uh, you know, I think we, the part of that particular delegation, owe the Goldmans and Nicole Brown's family, Nicole Brown Simpson's family, you know, an apology. Because at the end of the day, two people died. They're not coming back, right? And just because someone famous that we thought we were attached to got away with murdering these two people, they didn't deserve that. You know, and I know there were jokes that, you know, they were sleeping around and OJ, if you sleep around my woman, I'm going to kill you, that type of thing. And I mean, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but. There are very few people who think that it was justified. At least I would like to think that there are very few people that would think that he was justified in killing them. You don't kill nobody. But at the same time, we celebrated. And we were wrong for that. I will chalk my innocence up to... You know, just being young and dumb and being happy that a black man got over on the cops. I didn't even look at it like two people were killed. I just looked at it like a black man got over on the cops. 
because for so long the cops have been getting over on us and having been in that same dorm room a couple of years prior when I watched on TV a video of Rodney King getting pummeled by the LAPD just whooped for no damn reason at all and we're thinking okay this is police brutality. We finally have police brutality on tape. It's no longer our word against theirs. And in seeing that, we all thought, hey, there's no way that these cops are going to get off. Shit. <laughs> Man, I remember that day when they read that verdict. And when I tell you all hell broke loose, all hell really broke loose. I remember dudes in the dorm saying, yo, man, let's go break into some stores and rob some shit. <laughs> hell you mean? I ain't robbing shit. I came to college. I didn't, I didn't leave home to start robbing places and looting. But I understood the mentality. And no, South Carolina State University was far, far away from Los Angeles, but I understood the pain. I understood where they, how they felt. So I, so everybody that was looting back in, uh, after the King verdict, I understood it. It didn't make a lot of sense and it still doesn't make sense, but I understood. Um, but again, you know, I think we were just happy to see a black man get over in the process. We lost sight of the fact that, you know, two people died and two people died at the hands of a psychopath who happened to be black. And I was always amazed at how people, black people in particular felt some kind of way when OJ quote unquote, turned his back on the black community. (laughs) They probably didn't know their history. OJ was never down with the black people. He wasn't down with the blacks. <laughs> he just wasn't. I mean, and that, that ESPN documentary that I spoke of earlier, it clearly shows that. OJ wasn't down. You know? And so now he's an old fart, an old ex-con walking the streets. You know, he's not looking for the killer. You know? And I, I mean... I'm pretty sure he nobody wants to talk to OJ about those murders because all it's going to be is more lies, you know. And I think OJ really is in a position where he's told the lie for so long that he actually believes it himself. Like you couldn't you couldn't convince OJ otherwise as to what happened that night that those two people were murdered. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'm. I'm positive that he did it. OJ's a piece of shit. He always has been. I think we just got caught up in him winning or the the or Johnny Cochran winning. It's, it, it felt like the time a win for us as a people. But really, we lost. Not just black people, society and as a whole, we lost. The trial of the century was a sham. It benefited OJ, but at what cost? People know he did it. He kn- And he knows that people knows that he did it. 
But I mean, hey, he's he's a free man at this point. Like I said, at the end of the day, two people died. We cheered. That's really not something that we should be happy about. And in the grand scheme of things, we owe them an apology. I could chalk mine up to, you know, being young and dumb. But at the same time, two people are gone. And we got one asshole still walking around, preferably looking for the killer on a golf course. Because according to him, he don't know how they died. And that says a lot about him. And at the time, our allegiance to OJ said a lot about us. But he he ain't somebody that you want to be tied to. Trust me. But yeah, that's what it was. And when I think back to that particular day in October, um, like I said, I remember it vividly. And I remember the celebration. I remember people dancing and cheering and everything. And um, I think one of the things that did cross my mind at the time was what's next? And now we see some 20 years later how things have kind of panned out, not just for OJ, but for how how we view OJ and how we view that trial. And for a lot of us, we're just as lost as OJ was back then. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.